Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. Great Commission Day is the day that we as the Christian Missionary Alliance uh, celebrate what God is doing around the world and uh, implore all of us who are back home, as it were, uh, to give generously to what God is doing and to the people who uh, God has chosen to go and to be present in these other cultures, building these relationships, demonstrating the love of Jesus so that they can talk about the love of Jesus. Uh, Great Commission Day for us here at uh, East Hills because the the CMA lets the churches pick anywhere in May and June. Uh, So we are going to celebrate Great Commission Day on Pentecost weekend, which will be June 5th. So uh, more information coming up about that. Um, But uh, wanted to let you know that that is coming so you can be prayerfully considering uh, what God may be calling you to give to support the work he's doing around the world. We are in week two of a series we're calling Next Steps. We're talking about next steps for uh, us as a church, as an organization, what we believe God is calling us to do and become. But we also believe these things we're talking about are steps for all of us to take as disciples of Jesus. As we talked about last week, Jesus did not call people to come and believe or to come and intellectually agree, but to come and follow. And if you're going to follow someone, there's steps involved in that. So what kind of steps does Jesus call us to take, you and me, we who are the church? Uh, As a church, our leadership wants us to move toward having a collaborative missionary mindset. We believe this is one of the things, one of the steps God is calling us to take, to have a collaborative missionary mindset. Well, what does all of that language mean? Uh, We'll break it down. Missionary mindset is something we actually talked about some last fall, uh, and I would sum it up this way. We want to be people who pray for, listen to, and serve our community. We want to be present in the lives of the people around us. We live in a place where more than 50% of people have no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. In a time in which institutions and religion are as suspect to society as they have ever been. Now, we know people who have for decades now been been engaging in places where religion and institutions are suspect where most people don't believe in Jesus, a far bigger percentage than even what we see in the Pacific Northwest. And those people are our international workers. They are our missionaries who have been going into countries for decades now where that was true, where most people did not know Jesus and they were very suspicious of institutions, of religion, and certainly of these Westerners who are bringing it to them, these Americans who have landed on European soil or whatever it may be. And so as their feet have hit the ground, they've looked around and gone, okay, how do we start building relationships with people so that we can demonstrate the love of Jesus to them so that we can really earn the opportunity to tell them about Jesus's love for them? And they've started with prayer and listening and finding ways to serve 
their community. They are choosing to be present and to be engaged with the community that they're there to serve, the, the place where God has put them. God has put us here. So how can we be present here, present in this community, listening, praying, serving, building relationships. We want to be on the lookout for ways to build relationships with people, to love them in Jesus' name, to do our very best to love them as Jesus loves them so that we can create the opportunity to tell them about this Jesus who loves them and just how much he loves them, how much he has done for you and me and everyone around us. Missionary mindset. Collaborative is exactly what it sounds like. We want to work together to collaborate with others who are on this mission to love our neighbors in Jesus' name and create gospel conversation opportunities. And we want to do it together. We want to do it collaboratively, collaboratively easy for me to say. There is no star of the show. There's no headline act. Nobody's name is in lights. We're not trying to make uh, me famous or you famous or even East Hills famous. We're trying to make Jesus famous because as we just sang, he is the one who is worthy of our praise. And as we love the people around us, Jesus is glorified. So we wanna do this together with others who are of the same mind. We don't have to create a whole bunch of new ministries as an organization if there are people who are already doing this in our community, demonstrating the love of Jesus. We can just come alongside and collaborate. Sometimes that'll be people outside our organization, outside our church, and sometimes it'll be people inside our church in the ways that God is calling them to love the community around us. How can we collaborate with them? For example... We have been trying to uh, make you guys aware of the work that Mindy Barney and Wayne Van Ham are doing uh, for the homeless camp in Longview. Uh, they are using their nursing skills to care for people's physical health so that they can start having conversations with them about their spiritual health. Uh, and a few weeks ago, uh, I asked Mindy to share about what she and Wayne and others uh, are doing as the street medicine team. Uh, so I asked her to come up here and she shared and we put some information in the bulletin, uh, ways that the church could come together and provide some supplies for what the street medicine team is doing. And then we put a tub in the back the next week so that people could bring stuff in. Uh, and the plan was put the, the notification in the bulletin for a couple weeks, have the tub back there for a couple weeks after that because we know how these things go. We, we put it in the bulletin and, and people are generous and we knew you guys would be generous and that's fantastic. We also know that after a while it becomes white noise and you don't really see it anymore. And then that, the tub is back there just looking sad and forlorn because nothing's getting put in it. And so we, just, we knew ahead of time, a couple weeks in the bulletin, a couple more weeks, a uh, tub in the back and, and we'll, we'll just do it that way. And sure enough, we put the information in the bulletin. Mindy shared some fantastic stories. And uh, before the next Sunday even got here, by Saturday night, we were, we were full in that tub back there. It was overflowing with y'all's generosity, uh, which happened the first couple of weeks. Um, Mindy told me they had enough things provided that they had 17 hygiene kits put together that they were able to take to the homeless camp in Longview with more stuff left over for future hygiene kits. Guys, that is 17 people who are loved in a very practical way 
because of Mindy and Wayne showing up with their gifting and the church coming alongside them and saying, yeah, we want to see God move in the lives of these people. And uh, that was fantastic. And we celebrated that. And after a couple weeks, as we'd originally planned, it came out of the bulletin. And a couple weeks later, uh, pulled the tub back out. And then last Sunday before church, Wayne grabbed me and he said, hey, Josh, where's the tub for people to put stuff in? I said, oh, Wayne, this was the, the plan all along because we didn't want to be back here like looking all sad or whatever if people stopped giving. So we, we pulled it back. And then when you guys need more stuff, we'll put it back out there. No big deal. He said, there are people who have stuff to give and they have nowhere to put it. Where's the tub? So I got the tub back out and it's still back there. And so please continue to be generous. And sure enough, you guys continue to be generous. Uh, I want to read uh, this email that Mindy sent me uh, on, on Monday. She said, hey there, just wanted to extend another thank you to the church regarding supplies. We continue to hand out supplies related to clothing, shoes, and personal hygiene donated by the church. Of note, however, yesterday we were also given three Bibles, which were the first things to be given out upon entering the camp. I usually take a coffee traveler in, and several people had gathered around to get a cup. While waiting, several people asked us if we had Bibles, which is a definite first. Usually we are doing the offering. One of the individuals also asked Wayne to pray with him. Additionally, we were also able to help an individual whom we'd been talking to for three weeks move out of the camp and into community house. Certainly, every day is not like this, but today was a good day. We continue to be grateful for God, for his continued blessing, and for the church who stepped up to support the program with gratitude. Mindy, amen. Guys, this is, here's the thing. God is doing incredible, great things in our community. Here's this. And he doesn't need us to do it. But as people step out in their giftings, and as we rally together to people go on mission together, we get to come alongside. We get to be a part of what God is doing. We get to collaborate with each other and cooperate with God to be a part of the great things that he's doing in our local Area, and it is a beautiful thing that I don't want us to miss out on. Today, uh, I want to talk to someone else who is part of the ministry to homeless in our community from a different angle, doing a different thing. There are a number of different people and groups addressing the issues of homelessness in our community because it is such a massively complicated and complex issue and it is an equally amazing opportunity to love people, to love our neighbor. Jesus was very clear that we are to love the poor and the outcasts and that the world will know we're following him. He will be glorified by the way that we love. So today I wanna to introduce you to Lisa, who's the director of Family Promise of Cowlitz County. So Lisa, come on up. Uh, Family Promise is actually a, a national organization uh, that has local chapters all over the country. So ours is the local, the Cowlitz County chapter, right? And they are uh, trying to address the homeless issues unique to families. In, uh, again, there's so many different facets and issues and complexities related to homelessness 
And uh, so they are an organization that, um, whether you know it or not, we have been connected to for uh, years now, since before the whole pandemic thing happened and wiped our memories of everything that happened before then. Uh, we, we have been a family promise supporting church. And so I, I want you to get to hear from Lisa about what they're doing, about the opportunities and challenges that they're finding in front of them, um, and about how not only we connected as a church, um, but how you could be connected uh, with your giftings if you uh, feel connected to the mission that they are on. So uh, Lisa, let's start by just having you introduce yourself and what attracted you to the ministry of, uh, of Family Promise. So um, I'm Lisa Stoddinger, as Josh so kindly introduced me already as Family Promise of Cowlitz County. I'm the executive director. Um, and I kind of gave a lot of background last night, but I'm going to go to a different place today. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> um, so I've been homeless. And a lot of people don't realize that there's more than one way to be homeless. It's not just being in your car or in a tent or something. It might be that you have... Um, no right to be where you are. You may be housed, and you may be doubled up with somebody else, and they can kick you out at any second. So that's called McKinney-Vento homelessness. And that's something that the United States Department of Education tracks, and so mm -hmm. they look for the students who are homeless. Um, they didn't figure us out. They did not see that my children were homeless. Um, I went through a divorce, and the child support was set and then six weeks later I lost my job and they don't change your child support for sure. at least a year so um, you know I was and he wasn't paying anyway so <laughs> I was I was having a pretty hard time um, and we couldn't afford when they raised our rent so we lost our housing and um, my friend who had lived in town her husband got a job in a different state in Utah and she could not sell their house. It was a down market in the Tri-Cities. Sure. My good luck. Yeah. Because she said, you know, I can't sell it, and, you know, we want to keep it on the market, but we're going to need to keep it staged. So we need somebody here who can take care of it, and you need a place to be, so how about you stay in my place? Hmm. So that was a blessing. Um, you know, and in a lot of ways, we didn't feel homeless, but the truth was we didn't have any like security there yeah. at all. We could have been chucked out at any second. And in fact, that was kind of the point. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to keep it in such a condition that it would be, Sellable. you know, somebody yeah. would buy it, right? And then that was us taking off. So that's one form of homelessness. Um, you know, realizing many people have actually experienced some kind of housing security or homelessness at some mm. point in their lives. And I think a lot of us realize how easy it is to have it happen. You know, it's were many of us very close to the edge. It wouldn't take much. Maybe we're a month away if we lost our job or something. So this, and then there's a lot of family history with me, um, my family, my father's side of the family having been pretty poor and almost lost their housing. So I think for me, this, this was personal and, and there was a, like a major personal mission. Sure. Yeah. Am I doing okay with the chin music uh, here? Can, can, can everybody hear her okay? Sound check. No, we, we need a little bit, a little bit more chin music. Okay. Uh, okay. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for letting us know. Um, more direct. There you go. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think we talk about it, this idea of living paycheck to paycheck. And, and sometimes it's almost this uh, badge of honor of like, well, we make it work. We'll live paycheck to paycheck. And 
and I understand why, it does not take much for paycheck to paycheck to become a problem. And, and there's just a lot of us, maybe even most of us, who are, as, as you said, maybe a month away, you get a job loss you didn't see coming, a medical emergency you weren't expecting. Um, that's sort of the definition of emergency. Anyway, uh, you have a car engine go bad, um, your rent gets raised unexpected. All of us, it, it does not take much for savings to be gone and you to be in a very precarious place. And then once you're in a precarious place, it does not take much to get tipped over the edge, right? So one of the things that I appreciate about Family Promise um, is that there isn't a, uh, a blame game going on here. It's not, well, you know, if you hadn't made that one bad decision or if you had just followed the Dave Ramsey plan and had enough savings in your bank account or whatever, this wouldn't have happened to you. It's just, look, you're in this position where you've been tipped over the edge and you're in need of help. And I feel very fortunate that I have no idea what it actually feels like to go, not only am I feeling insecure, but I've now, I'm now in a position where my kids are insecure, are unsafe, we're living in the car. Um, you mentioned last night, that this hadn't even occurred to me. You're sleeping in your car overnight with your kids. Where are they going to the bathroom? Like, I, I don't even, I haven't had to think about these things, and I am so grateful, but I know some of you have. And there are many people in our community who run into that level of homelessness where two months ago we thought we were okay and now we're not and we're in some need. Um, and particularly for those with kids, um, Family Promise is, is there to step in and, and be helpful. And you mentioned last night, um, and I'd love to have you talk about it again, the kids in particular, um, whatever bad decisions were made, whatever savings, they didn't have anything to do with any of that. So um, maybe talk specifically about how Family Promise tries to create an environment that's a blessing, uh, not only of safety, but of relationship for, for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our little tagline is, every child deserves a home. And there is nothing that a child could have done to bring this on themselves, okay? And even if the parents made mistakes, I mean, haven't we all? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, homelessness does actually occur, you know, through not really people's fault. It's right. kind of things that stack up against yeah. them bit by bit until suddenly they're just falling down the cliff. Mm -hmm. And Family Promise has always focused on the children and, um, and also focused on relationship. And I think the most powerful thing about Family Promise, about the way we work, is the coming together of volunteers from the community with the families that we host, our guest families, in, um, in shelter. So back when we were first starting, before the pandemic, if you all can remember way back then, yes. things were different. So um, the congregations would, some of the congregations had rooms that they could host the guest families in, and we called it rotational shelter. The families would move every week to a different place. And congregations like yours would team up with congregations like Emmanuel that had those rooms and help provide meals and come eat with them. 
and hang out with them after dinner. And back then we had an overnight shift, which we're not going to have anymore, right. which I think is making things a little easier for everyone. Um, but the thing that was super powerful was the relationships that formed between mm. the volunteers and the guests that really are lasting. We, we have still those relationships that were formed back then. They're still in place now. Mm -hmm. And they help our guests to maintain stability just as all of our social networks always help us to maintain stability. Yeah. But for whatever reason, maybe those networks weren't enough or they broke down or something and that's how they became homeless you know, in the first place. And then knitting them back into the community is super important because when you are homeless, you, may, you become more and more invisible. Sometimes it's through choice because you're afraid your children are gonna be taken from you and given to your abusive ex-husband. Or sometimes it's because you know, there's another fear in the way. You may be afraid of the police because you don't know what they're gonna do. So hiding becomes a, a thing. And also people don't wanna see you. People don't, they don't wanna sure. see yeah. that family in the car a lot of times. Sure. So the invisibility is something that we try to undo. Mm. We see them, we love them. We accept them, we eat with them, we help them figure out how to put their whole lives back together again. And we usually do it in less than three months. Okay. So usually yeah. it's about 78.7 .7 days, I think, <laughs> is what, what I have in, in our spreadsheet right now. We keep track of everybody and uh, people returning to um, being housed independently. Yeah. That's what yeah. love can do. Right. Yep. And uh, giving them the confidence of being seen and the confidence of a network and um, I know you have a story about uh, a woman who, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, was your, the, this chapter's first ever client who you built a good relationship with, but um, who also is a case study in how this community rallies. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, a great demonstration of the power of Family Promise is our very first guest, Hillary who was a single mother of three. She had two teenagers, excuse me, teenagers. I must have post-trauma after my teenagers that I can't say that. Teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, shiver okay. went through the crowd. You're good, you're good. And a baby who was 10 months old. Now, I don't think that a lot of people realize that the most common age to be in shelter is between birth and one year old the most common age. So when she came to me, she had that kind of rather typical kind of uh, outline of her life, her, her demographics. And she had been through a lot in her life. Her family was very broken. She had, you know, kind of fallen into trying to survive and not being housed steadily in her own place for many years. And this instability led to a lot of pain, which led to her trying to handle it through addiction. And the choice that she finally made was to turn from that and go to a sobriety program. She did that for a year, and when she graduated from there, she called us. And it was just when we were opening, and I'm like, this is a God thing. Mm -hmm. And she came with her 10-month-old, and we talked, and I could see in her she was super determined. She had her stuff together. Actually, she had nothing together, but she had the determination to get it together. Go. She knew what needed to be done. 
and um, I was honored to be able to be her case manager. Um, and she was there for a long time compared to normal. She was there seven months, and we knew it was going to take time because they, had, they needed to be rebuilt from complete scratch. They didn't have documentation. They didn't, I mean, ID. You know, they needed everything from the ground up. So, you know, we put a case plan in place, and we had her starting out, going from, you know, into the churches to be cared for and loved and fed. And, and as she went through her case plan, normally what happens in, is that we're talking to the people and we're saying, hey, did you get this done? Oh, is that a problem? Did you, you know, was it, did you run into a problem? Um, do you know what you need to be doing next? And Hillary's coming to me and she's going, I did this and I got that done and I called those people and I applied to that. And I mean, I'm like trailing behind her, you know, normally that's kind of like pulling people along. And with Hillary, it was like she was pulling me along. <laughs> and she was amazing and completely turned everything around. And she's a person of very strong faith and developed amazing relationships with some of the people who served. Now, she graduated right before the pandemic shut down, um, and she did it with incredible determination. She had gotten uh, a, a accepted with a, a housing situation, a public housing situation. It was transitional, five-year, long-term, and the pandemic came along, and the week before the shutdown, that office was not supposed to be taking anybody new. Mm -hmm. Hillary wasn't having it. <laughs> she was like, I got three kids to house. I am not staying in this shelter for as long as however this is going to take. Smart. And she basically banged their door <laughs> down and begged the woman until she said, yeah, okay. You know, and she literally, literally moved into her apartment the day before the shutdown. And we got her a bunch of furniture with help from La Bink and many of mm -hmm. the people who had gotten to know Hillary. More collaboration. Lots of collaboration. Yeah. We try to build bridges all over the community. Mm -hmm. And the most wonderful thing that happened was that she has been building and building upon all of the great achievements that she made with her education and her career. Now she's you know, working full time and getting certified as a peer support counselor and, you know, just going up and up. But in 2021, in the spring, she got COVID so bad. She was incredibly sick, couldn't do anything. I was afraid I was going to have to take her to the emergency room. They might admit her. And then what would we do with her kids? It was scary. But I sent a shout out to all the people who had been serving with us and they remembered her and they knew her and they just descended on her. They were mowing her lawn, they were bringing her groceries, they were taking care of absolutely everything, take, bringing her medications and making sure she had rides places because she couldn't literally hardly stand up. And because of that, that's exactly the kind of thing that can happen, an illness that could knock a person right out of stability. Because when you're first emerging from homelessness, you're very yeah. fragile, economically sure. fragile. And the kinds of strong community support that developed through our way of doing uh, help shelter with homelessness was what actually came and strengthened her to remain stable and remain 
housed. And to this day, she's just doing fantastic because so of relationships. Yeah. That's yeah. what does it. Being, being connected to, to community. Uh, so many folks, for whatever reason, get disconnected. The, the hiding, that they're new to town when things fall apart, whatever it may be. And providing connection to community, not just for uh, the kids, but um, for, for parents as well, obviously. Uh, uh, Lisa referenced this earlier. When Family Promise first started, um, Emmanuel Lutheran signed up to uh, fully host uh, people. Um, uh, there's a big group from there that uh, was connected to Family Promise very, very early on. And uh, we said, you know, we don't know that we can house people here, but we, what we do have is we have people who make really yummy food. So can we sign up to provide the food on occasional times when uh, Emmanuel is, is hosting? And so we sort of partnered that way. And as people would bring in food or the host churches or whoever it would be, would get to sit and build these relationships that then uh, in many cases last uh, well beyond their time with Family Promise. And uh, as the pandemic kicked into gear, then the sit and visit with um, for obvious and variety of reasons, it was not possible. And so rather than being moved from place to place, uh, the families are now housed in uh, the, the static shelter. Is that the right phrase for it? The in the family center. In the family yeah. center. That's a much better <laughs> phrase for it. In the family center over here in Kelso. And uh, we and Emmanuel now work together to provide uh, food for, uh, for families when they, they stay. We're currently on an every three-month rotation, um, but uh, we, we wouldn't have to stay stuck there. Um, so uh, if you are thinking, boy, I would, I'm not sure how to help a homeless family, but if a way that I can help is to make food once every three months, sign me up. Uh, we would love to sign you up. So uh, email Allie. Uh, Allie at easthills.org. Uh, her email is also in the bulletin, so you can take that home with you. Allie is uh, coordinating our Family Promise volunteers uh, right now as part of her volunteer coordinator job she's doing for us. Um, so you can email Allie. If you are somebody who goes, you know, I, I'm not super thrilled about the idea of making food, but the idea of uh, sitting and talking to people and meeting new people just sounds fantastic. Well, we would love to put you together with an introverted food maker who's not so sure about that part, and you could deliver the food and be social. So uh, you can email Allie and sign up for that as well. I'm just I'm looking out for our introverted people. That's all. So uh, you can you can sign up to that too. The thing is that there are all kinds of ways, depending on how you're gifted, uh, that you could be connected to what Family Promise is doing if you uh, connect with this mission that they're on. I, I love this, this vision statement. She mentioned the tagline uh, earlier, but this, uh, this vision of seeing every family, every child, I wanna make sure I get it right. Uh, our vision is a Cowlitz County in which every family has a home and a chance to build a better future. A vision where every family has a home and a chance to build a better future. And that comes from not only having a home, but having some security so you feel like you can build toward the future. And we have so many kids who are generations in now to having some insecurity around their food, around their housing. And if we can collaborate with Loving and Family Promise and other churches in town, to say, hey, let's get you a little security and a chance to build a better 
future. Let's let you know that you are loved and surrounded and have community um, and build those relationships with them and have those opportunities then to talk to them about why we do this and about the love of Jesus uh, for them. Um, Again, there are lots of ways I know for individuals to sign up. So if you wanna sign up as being part of our church, you absolutely can email Allie. Uh, But what are some other ways that individuals could uh, reach out directly to you and to Family Promise and say, hey, I've got some, some skills in this area and I would love to help. So basically, if you have a skill, we probably have a way to plug it in. <laughs> if you make paper airplanes really well, then we can have you come and hang out with our kids after dinner and do a little crafting. Um, <laughs> if you are a person who just loves social media, I want to talk to you. <laughs> because we need a social media coordinator or two. Um, if you're a person who knows about how to communicate well through technology and you know what a peer-to-peer fundraiser is, I definitely want to talk to you because we could use some help. Um, There are, if you like events, if you like uh, fundraisers, if you're a creative person, if you like to write, if you can just follow directions and tell a story, that's what grant writing is, you can help us out a lot. There's just no end. And in fact, in the back, um, I think kind of on the side of the little coffee counter back there, I put some brochures, which are slightly outdated. By the way, the ones that you have in your literature rack, they've got to go. Yeah, so if you've grabbed a Family (laughs) Promise literature from us in the last six months, shred it, throw it away, terribly out of date. Make a paper airplane out of it. There you go. I was never good at it. By the way, do we have good paper airplane makers? Anybody feel like, ooh, I did not expect that. That's good to know. Okay, Uh, we'll have a contest later. Anyway. It also has a sheet that has lots and lots of different ways that you can plug in. There are little ways, there are big ways, there are ways that are kind of like on a regular basis, there are things that just come up every once in a while, whatever you've got in terms of time and gifts and energy we can help you plug in and make a relationship or just make a difference. Yeah, yeah. If you've got administrative skills, hands-on skills, um, if you uh, have financial resources and would like to uh, give to the mission of Family Promise, I know you guys are kind of mid-spring fundraiser right now, um, and uh, as, as everybody is discovering that they can spend money on uh, Disneyland again or whatever, and maybe, no offense to Disneyland, I'm just saying, that as people are discovering they can do that, then uh, fundraising in some ways has gotten uh, trickier and harder. If you're interested in financially supporting, uh, please do that. Um, I noticed you're wearing a Night Without a Bed shirt. That's coming up as well. You want to uh, tell folks about what Night Without a Bed is? And- so June 24th, we're going to be having our annual Night Without a Bed, which is an event where we raise a Awareness of homelessness, and I don't mean just, oh, I know that it exists. You actually get to go spend a night out away from your bed. You can sleep on the floor of your home or your friend's home or sleep in the treehouse or in your car or in a tent. We plan on having a gathering um, and being able to have lots of people who want to sleep in tents and cars that night together. And you learn, I learned, (laughs) Surprise how much you learn about what it's like. Just that eight hours. Mm. Wow. Things like, how do I brush my teeth? What do I do if my child has to go to the bathroom? I didn't have my child with me. I had my dog with me. But, you know, he was looking at me like, what are we doing here? Yes. (laughs) 
Yes. And imagine a child in that situation. Very confusing, very scary. There's no security. I was sure. sleeping in my own apartment parking lot, and I was scared. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and that was pretty close to home. And do, do people get sponsors for that? Like, how does this yeah, become a Yeah, so it's peer-to-peer. Okay. And uh, it's kind of like a walkathon. You know, sure. um, I'm doing this. You send that out to everybody, and they have a chance to support you in whatever way they can. If they can give $10, if they can give $100, um, and then also to spread the word through their network and say, hey, this person is doing this, and this is why. This is what they think is you know important about it. So it's called peer-to-peer, and that means that you spread it virally, basically, through your email and social media. Yep. Awesome. So uh, if you have people who really like you, I want to support you financially, you could do that. If you have somebody who really doesn't like you and would love to see you get an uncomfortable night's sleep, it's a great opportunity to reach out to them and say, hey, have I got an opportunity for you to help out a good cause? Uh, Last question. Um, I know... uh, Every, again, facet of this is complicated. I know that every community has its own unique challenges and, um, and certainly every organization has its challenges. We would love to uh, be able to uh, pray for you guys, to, to pray with the celebrations, um, to, to praise God for the good things he's doing, um, but also pray uh, against the challenges you're facing. So with all that in mind, how can we be praying for Family Promise and for you guys? Well, let's start with the celebrations. Awesome. Um, we have been able to help 26 families in shelter. We've also been awesome. able to help about an equal number in our new Promise of Home program, which we started oh, last yeah. December, and yes. that helps keep, keep people from becoming homeless in the first place, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Staying stable is much better than being restabilized. Yes. A lot cheaper, too. <laughs> um, and... Um, you know, that's well over 100 children just between wow. those two programs that we've been able to stabilize their lives. Um, so thank you for that, and thank you, God, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my, my faith, in Christianity, in Lutheranism, we say that we are God's hands and feet. Yeah. So that's your work. It's Christ's work. Yeah. Christ works through us. So praise God for that. Yes, absolutely. And um, concerns. I mean, the pandemic really did a number on us. A lot of people, you know, we, we had had some pretty big committees filled out, and they're, they vaporized, basically. Sure. So if you are a person with a, a gift of finance, or if you're a person with a gift for personnel, or if you're a person with a gift for you know, fundraising or communication or whatever, we need all of those things, and God will bring us all of those things but we're reaching out and we're mm-hmm. praying and we're asking you to pray mm-hmm. for us to be rebuilt, basically. We're yeah. Ezekiel's bones right now, <laughs> waiting yes. for God to come and put the sinews on us. So that's what yes. we're praying for. Awesome. Yeah, uh, praying for a fresh start for you guys as an organization and just that new life of volunteers um, and obviously all the fresh starts that you're going to be able to give people as they uh, come to, to you guys. Uh, so I'm going to invite the worship team to... Uh, to come back up and uh, let me pray for us um, and pray for uh, Family Promise and the the work that they're doing. Would you join me in praying for Lisa and Family Promise? Father God, we know that you are doing great things in our community and we know that some of those things, because we're hearing the stories, are happening through Family Promise and we know um, that there are people who um, are on a precipice right now that seems really scary 
that they feel like they are about to uh, fall off the cliff into the unknown. And yet, God, we know that in that falling, in those unknowns, you write some of your greatest stories. Father, we pray that uh, you would hold people um, through, uh, through family promise, through your miracles, through the community around them. God, you would hold people into um, their, their place of living right now, that they would be able to establish security there. Um, God, as much as we love coming alongside the homeless ministries in, in our community, um, we pray that there would be no need for them one day, that, um, that we would be able to rally around each other and help provide security and care for one another. And for those who are falling uh, into that unknown, who are dealing with the fear, who uh, don't know where to turn, God, would you point them toward family promise? Would you point them toward the churches? Would you point them toward uh, the opportunities that you have for them to find security and um, not just security here, but security in community, in people who will love them as they are their neighbor, in the security of finding your love and knowing um, uh, how much you love them and all that you have done for them for the forgiveness and the grace and the eternity that you have for them. Father, that's our prayer, that in all of the insecurity people may be experiencing, that what they would find ultimately is the security in you and how trustworthy and good and loving you are uh, in the plans that you have for them. Father God, we do thank you for your faithfulness and that you aren't just, uh, we, we tend to say God is good when things go really good. Father, I thank you that you're good even when we don't recognize it, even when things seem to be falling apart around us. God, for the people who um, uh, in our community the things are falling apart right now. God, would you show your goodness in their life? Would you protect and care and guide them into uh, the love of community and ultimately into your love? We pray for, for provision and blessing for Lisa and for Family Promise and for all that they do. God, would you guide them in their next steps um, that they would become everything you're calling them to be and uh, would people find you and find greater depth in their relationship with you in the process. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.